This morning we have our missionary family with us, the Bravo family. How many of you know the Bravo family? All right, they are members of our church, and uh, they were sent out of our church here to the mission field. He's going to introduce his family and tell you a little bit about his ministry. And uh, they're here on furlough here in the States, and before they leave, uh, we wanted them to come back and at least uh, spend some time with us. They'll be here uh, both services this morning. They're going to be back this evening. Uh, he won't be preaching this evening, but the family will be here, and so we are just looking forward to spending the day with them. I mean, if you remember the first time he preached, I heard the story this morning. First time he preached. I mean, if you remember that. His wife, I guess, interpreted for him, right? He was just speaking Spanish, and she was translating. And uh, I'm not going to let my wife hear that, because I think she'd like to fix all my messages, too. I stand up here and fix whatever I say. I think she'd enjoy that. <laughs> she does that normally Sunday afternoon, so I think she'd enjoy doing it right there. But I guess the first time he was here, I heard this morning that uh, uh, he... Uh, uh, didn't speak fluent English, so he didn't want to get up here and, and uh, preach. And so his wife interpreted, and he's come obviously a long way. He's going to preach. Are you going to preach in Spanish? He's going to he's going to preach in English today, so she can have a, a break. And uh, they're working when they're home on furlough, when they're not traveling. Obviously, they need to raise some more support. They want to visit their uh, supporting churches as well. But they're working at a church in Indiana. Uh, in the Spanish ministry there, and so they're hard at work. Even when they're back here in the States, uh, they're working in the ministries here. And uh, So pray for them if you would. Pray for him as he comes and preaches this morning, and uh, the Lord would encourage his heart, encourage us, and strengthen us. So would you welcome him to the pulpit as he comes this morning and preaches to us? Good morning. Thank you, Pastor Rand. It is good to be here this morning. It is a privilege for me to preach today in English. Uh, believe me, it is a challenge for me. My first language is Spanish. And every time when I was preaching before and my wife was interpreter, what she was doing, she was fixing my message. That, that, that's the truth. So it is a challenge for me uh, to be here this morning. Um, we have been in the state for six months in our furlough time. And uh, we are almost ready to go back to Chile. Um, we have tickets for this coming Wednesday. Uh, and it's good because it's summertime in Chile, so I love summertime. But I can say winter this year is not bad. Oh man, I remember the last time a lot of snow. That was hard to come here to the church from Lima. I remember one sun, uh, Sunday morning, a lot of snow was very difficult to drive. But it's good to be here. My family is with me. Here's my wife, Melissa. If you don't know her, she's from uh, Finley area. My older son is Andres. He's uh, uh, 16 years old. My daughter, Adriana, she's uh, 13, and Nicholas is 11 years old. Thank you. Andres and Adriana were born here in the state, and Nicholas is 100% uh, Chilean. So if you have the opportunity to, to, say, to say hello to them, you can do it. The first time when I came to this church was in 2002. And two, the first time a Monclova Road Baptist Church, I met Pastor Russell Marin, uh, Russell Marin that time. And uh, in 2003, we became members in this church. And one year later, 2004, we went to Chile as a full-time missionaries. So this church is our sending church. It's our home. Uh, I know there is there are great people in this church. So we are very um, thankful for that. Um, today I would like to um, share a message in the book of Timothy. 
But during the message, I would like to share with you some of the testimonies and stories so you can know a little bit how we are serving the Lord in Chile. The population in Chile is 17 million people. In 2004, we went to serve the Lord in Santiago, which is the capital of the country. Population in Santiago is 7 million people. After six years working in Santiago, God gave us the opportunity to build a building, and we live a pastor in the church, and we moved 70 miles south of Santiago to the next city. The name of the city is Rancagua. Population is Rancagua, and Rancagua is uh, 250,000 people. Only four small Baptist churches. There is a big necessity for biblical churches in Rancagua. Um, we have been serving the Lord there in the last six years, and right now we are in the process to build the building for our church. Um, the idea is to start with zero, I mean a new church. Right now we have a small congregation, we have 80 people in our church, and we have the vision to build a building for our church this year. So please pray for us. We are trying to raise money for that. We have $40,000. The idea is to have $150,000 to start. So please pray for us. It is a challenge. But the most important thing in the ministry is not the building. It's people. It's people. People is, uh, have to be our focus in the ministry because we are living in a very bad world. Very bad world. People outside need the Lord. People need to hear the word of God. That's the big need outside. Let me describe a little bit the situation in this world. Number one, we live in a world that doesn't need God. Maybe you can see that outside. A lot of people say, I don't care about church. I don't care about the Bible. I don't read my Bible. People living outside and they don't need God. Number two, we live in a self-sufficient world. A lot of people think that they can live their whole life without God. Self-sufficient uh, world. Number three, we live in a world that makes non-biblical and humanistic decisions. They never pray. They don't care what the Bible says. They make their own decision. For that reason, a lot of people is in trouble today. Um, they live their moral life according to their rules, but not according to God's rule. Number four, we live in an anarchist world. People don't like um, authorities over there. If you go to Chile, you will see in Santiago a lot of young people on the street protesting all the time. I don't know why, but they are always protesting. If they don't like the government, they go to the street, they take a stone, they stone buses, and uh, because it's because they don't like the authority. If they don't like the government, they protest the, the kids. If they don't like the parents, they go out and they do whatever they want. If they don't like the education system, um, they protest outside. We live in an anarchist world. We live in a violent world. People can kill you for almost nothing. Uh, in our church, uh, two years ago, a family from Honduras went to our church, came to our church in Rancagua, and I asked them, how you like Chile? 
And they say, oh, pastor, Chile, we love Chile. We feel much comfortable here. And uh, we feel that Chile is best, better country than Honduras. And I say, why you say that? Because Honduras is a dangerous country. And the men told me this. My father has a store in his house. He has groceries for sale. And one day, a group of men, five men, came to my father's house. And this man said this, from today, every day we're going to come to, to your store and you have to give us $30 every day. If you don't have $30, we're going to kill you. Or maybe we could kill somebody in your family. You know, can you see that? People can kill you for $30 in this world. So we are living in a violent world. We live in a world that promotes sin. That is, that is, uh, we are living in difficult time. The world promotes sin. There is no rules in the moral life. No rules. Be careful what you, what you're watching on TV, what you're watching on your computer. You have to be careful. The world promotes sin. Pornography is one of the biggest problems today in Christian families. So we better be careful with that. We live in a world that wants to legalize all kind of pleasures. The problem you have here is the same problem we have in Chile. Now the government in Chile is saying this. Do you like marijuana? Okay, we can make it legal. Do you want, uh, you like abortion? We can make it legal. If you are homosexual, we can legalize homosexual marriage. We live in a world that wants to legalize all kind of pleasure. We're living in difficult times. Difficult times. Please open your Bible with me in the book of First Timothy chapter 3. Verse 14 and 15. I hope you understand everything, everything what I'm saying right now. I'm praying for that. Open your Bible in the book of Timothy, chapter 3, verse 14 to 15. The Apostle Paul wrote this letter to Timothy in the year 64 after Christ, approximately. He was planning to visit Timothy, but before that, he sent this letter to him. As a Christian, we believe that our mission is to preach the gospel and make disciples. That is the responsibility of the church, right? This is your responsibility, it's my responsibility, to preach the gospel to every nation. But these verses are telling us what the church really is. We have a responsibility, but we have to understand what the church really is. Let's read verse 14 and 15. These things write I unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly, but if I tarry long, that thou mayst know how thou oughtest to be behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. Great Bible verse. The, in the end of the verse 15, you can see the Paul saying this, the church is the pillar and ground of the truth. The pillar and ground of the truth. What is the purpose of the pillar? The pillar hold up a building. And also they can, uh, the pillar can lift up the building. 
but also the church as the foundation of the truth. So we have a responsibility, but we need to know what we really are. We are the church, and we are the pillar and foundation of the truth. The truth. A lot of people is looking for the truth outside. They want to know what is the true way to, to find God. What is the true way? People's looking for the truth outside. And Paul is telling to Timothy, the church is the foundation and pillar of the truth. So we are the pillar of the truth, and our responsibility is to share the truth with others. If we can read 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, said this, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. It is a challenge for us. If we are preaching here, we are preaching in Chile, everywhere, we need to make sure we are using the word of God according to the truth. Right? All right, let me share with you two principal effect that the truth produce in people's life. Two principal effect that the truth produce in people's life. Number one, the truth saves. We know that. First Timothy chapter 2 verse 4 says this, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge, unto, unto the knowledge of the truth. That is a God desire. God would like to see all men coming to him, right? He would like to see all men saved. If you are here today, if you are a visitor, if you are not 100% sure what is going to happen with you after you die, let me tell you this, God would like to see you saved. God would like to see you in heaven. That is his desire. That's the, the, the verse is saying. If we read John chapter 8, verse 32, the Lord Jesus is speaking here, and he said this, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. What a great Bible verse. If we know the truth, the truth will make us free. Now let me play, explain this. In this specific verse, the word know means to have contact with an object. It's to have contact with an object. Who is the truth? It's the Lord Jesus. He is the truth. So Jesus is saying, if you know the truth, if you have contact with the truth, I am the truth. You will be free. The truth can make you free. So every time when I think in my, uh, my situation and I said, I praise the Lord, I'm saved. Because one day, years ago, somebody told me about the gospel. And I understand the truth. And I have contact. I had contact with Jesus Christ. He is the truth. And the truth made me free. People in this world need to hear the truth. Because they are confused. Sometimes they live in a, a religion, they, they have religion lives, and they are going to a church, but sometimes they are going in the wrong church, because a lot of churches today are not teaching the truth. Years ago, when we started to serve the Lord in Rancagua, I started to preach the gospel outside, in the street. I'm still doing that. I preached the gospel on the street, and I set up a board with the pictures. I have to complete the pictures. 
And I invite people in downtown Rancagua to come and see the presentation. Now, what the people see in the picture is only colors. And I complete the picture during my presentation. Sometimes I have to be funny because the idea is to, to catch the attention of the people. And the people in Rancagua is very curious. So sometimes I set up the board in Rancagua and the downs, in downtown Rancagua on the street, and I invite people to come here. And I said, hello everybody, how are you today? I'm very glad to be here. I would like to invite you to see my presentation. And people start to come and say, what does this crazy guy say? Let me see. And I preach the gospel on the street. In every presentation, I have around me around, around uh, 30 and 40 people, which is a good number. And one day, I was preaching the gospel with the board. And I saw one man crying and crying. And I said in my mind, wow, the Lord is touching his heart. After the presentation, I went to see him. He hugged me and he said, Pastor, thank you very much for what you're doing here on the street. And I invited him to the church. He said, I will be Sunday morning in your church. So I was waiting for him Sunday morning. He came to the church with his wife. And I asked him, brother, was you a Christian? Or did you, did you make a decision for Christ when I was preaching on the street? And he said, no, Pastor, I'm, I'm a Christian. And I was attending in our church. But the, the Lord made me free that day. Why? Because he said, you know, Pastor, I have been attending in a church for years. And I got problems in my life. I got divorced. And I have another wife now. I remarried. And the pastor came to me and he said, because you are divorced, you're lost. You're not gonna, you're not gonna be in heaven. You're gonna go to hell. And I was crying and every day I was praying to the Lord, Lord, forgive me, forgive me, please save me. But I am already divorced. And when you was preaching that day, I understood the Lord loved me. And he died in the cross for me. No matter what I have done. And I understood that. And he said, that's why I'm here. After five years, he's still in our church. It's a faithful man. And he's free. He understood. The Lord loved him. Uh, that is great. Number one, the truth saved. We have to move a little bit faster. Number two, the truth sanctified. The truth sanctifies. Let's read uh, John, Gospel of John, chapter 17, verse 17 to 19. Jesus is praying in the garden of Gethsemane for his disciples. Remember this story? So the Lord is praying for his disciples, and he said this, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Verse 18. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And for their sake I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. The truth sanctifies. If we understand the truth, number one, the truth saves us, make us free. We are saved by the grace of God. But in the, but after that, after I got saved, my life started to change when I obeyed the word of God, which is true. We need to trust in, the, in God's word. If I trust in God's word, 
and I follow his instruction for my life, I'm going to change. And the truth is going to sanctify my life. Sanctification, it is not something what I think. It is not something what I, what I learn. That is not sanctification. Sanctification is something what I do. I do what the Lord is saying. I take the truth of God. I obey the word of God. And I start to sanctify. Do you understand? So sanctification is, it is not what I feel. A lot of people think, I feel very close to the Lord in the church. I raise my hand and I sing to him. The Lord is working in my heart. Yeah, you're learning the word of God. But if, if you don't obey the word of God, sanctification is not going to be real in your life. Do you understand that? So we better be sure the word of God is working in our life to save us. And after that, sanctify our, our lives. And people in this world need to know that. A lot of people in this world need to, to know the truth of God and their moral life and the family life and the, and the job and the, everywhere. People need to know what the Lord want me to do. And when they, when they get saved, we have to disciple them. Discipleship is a very important ministry in the church. In Chile, people is very Catholic. 70% of the population in Chile is Catholic. They go to the church in a special occasion, Easter or Christmas time, or maybe when they want to baptize their, their babies. But they don't go to the church every Sunday morning. So this is the problem. When we lead somebody to the Lord, People is happy. They have a lot of emotions in their life, but they don't want to go to the church. They don't want to change. They need to learn the new Christian life, how they have to live the Christian life. We need to teach them. For that reason, discipleship is very important in Chile. It's, it's important, really important. So we disciple people with my wife one-on-one. -on -one. And I remember one day, a teenager came to the, the youth group, one night. His name is Nicholas. So he came to our youth group one night and uh, after the, the, uh, the, the service, after the program, I invited him. I said, Nicholas, I would like to invite you for lunch. How about that? What about next Monday? He said, oh, pastor, I would like to have lunch with you. All right. So I went to his house a, a Sunday afternoon for, for lunch and I took him to a restaurant. And I invited him to eat. And after that, I preached the gospel to him. After 30 minutes, he made a decision for Christ. He was crying at the restaurant. And uh, he made a, a, a sincerely decision for Christ. After the lunch, after lunch, I took him to his house. But during the time when I was driving to his house, he asked me this. Pastor, I don't know you a little bit. I don't know you much. I don't know much about you. He said, I have a question. Are, are you married? Yes, I am married. Okay. Do you have kids? Yes, I have three kids. And he said, um, uh, with how many women? Uh, no, I have three kids with one woman. Oh, okay, okay. So you're married. Yeah. And what about your wife? Yeah, my wife lives with me. But did she, did she have any kids? Yeah, she had three kids. 
Uh, the kids that I have are the same kid that she has. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. And I asked, I said, what are you, let me ask you this, Nicholas. Uh, who lived with you? Where did you live? Well, I live in my house. I live with my mom. And uh, my mom's boyfriend. I live with them. Do you have brother? Yes. My brother is uh, my mom's son, but it's not my father's son. It's in, from another boyfriend that my mom has. So I understood this. This, this boy has a confusion in his mind. He grew up uh, with wrong concept about family. And now he thinks it's normal. This is how young people live outside. They think it's normal. I live with my mom, and this is my mom's boyfriend, but I, every week I go and visit my father and his girlfriend. You know, they think it's normal. Somebody has to teach them the truth. So I talked to Nicholas, and I said, Nicholas, let's do this. I would like to be with you for 10 weeks, 10 weeks, and I would like to teach you the Word of God. How about that? We can spend time together, and you can eat again. I, we can come to the restaurant again. And he says, yeah, he's always hungry. You know, teenagers. He said, yeah, I would like to come every week. After that, I start to invite him to, uh, to my house, and I spend time with him. Ten, ten weeks, ten lessons, discipleship. After ten weeks, one day he said, Pastor, I make a decision after ten weeks. Okay, what is your decision? I decide in the future, to have a family according to God's word. He understood the truth. We are the church. We have to show people the truth. The world don't like the truth. A lot of people don't like the truth outside. If, you read, if we read Roman, the book of Romans, chapter 1, verse 18, the apostle Paul is saying this, Romans chapter 1, verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. The men don't like the truth. They don't like the truth. And what do we need to do with the truth? Let me finish with this. What do we need to do with the truth? Number one, we need to know the truth, right? You cannot show outside something that you don't know. You need to know the truth, right? If you are going to preach the gospel, it's good if you are prepared to you read your Bible. Take notes. I hope every Sunday morning when you come to the church and you hear your pastor preaching, I hope you have a pen and papers and Take notes about the message. You need to learn about the truth. So number one, we need to know the truth. Number two, we need to live according to the truth. A lot of preachers like to preach, but in their private life, they don't live according to God's words. Be careful what you're watching on TV. There are a lot of preachers on TV. We have to select, right? Because a lot of them like to have a show on TV. Yeah, they like to sing. Uh, they like to preach very loud. Some of them are jumping. And they have a special, you know, presentation or performance at the church. But in their private life, 
They don't live in according to God's word. They don't live in according to the truth. And now let me tell you this. When you move from one city to another and you are looking for a church, you're looking for a good preacher, right? That's the same thing with me. If I had to find a church, I'm looking for a, for a good preacher. That is something that you are looking for. I'm looking for because we are Christian. But outside, people are not looking for preachers. People are looking for preachers who are living according to the truth. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Let me tell you last story. Four years ago, a man came to my church in Trancagua the first time with his family, his wife and two kids. That man is, was very, is, uh, that, this man is very uh, serious. He's serious all the time. He doesn't smile too much. So he came to the church and he was with uh, his wife and two kids. After the service, I went to see him. And I said, hello, how are you? What's your name? He said, my name is Adolfo. I mean, Adolf. Not a very good name here in the United States, right? So he said, my name is Adolfo. And I said, well, welcome to our church. Is this your first time? Are you planning to come back? No, wait a minute. Let me tell you this. I don't belong to any church. I'm Catholic. And I'm here because my wife was looking at church like, like this one. But I'm Catholic. All right. So I start to preach the gospel to him right away. He said, no, wait a minute. You don't have to say anything to me right now. I'm just a visitor, okay? All right. So the next week, the family came to my, my church again. And the next week again. And the next week again. After four years, he's still in our church. And he got baptized last year. He made a decision for Christ. This man worked in the police department. He's the chief in the police department. And, and I started discipleship with them. Adolfo, I would like to teach you a little bit about the Bible. What about 10 weeks? All right, come to my office. So every week I went to the uh, police department for 10 weeks to teach him the Bible. And one day I asked him, I said, it is good to be a Christian, right? He said, yeah. But I decide, I, I decide to be a Christian, to become a Christian because I saw your life. Now let me tell you this, I, I want to be humble. I'm not a good man. I'm not a perfect man. But what he saw in my life was my family. He said, you still marry after 16 years. And he said, to me, that is very important. Two, he said, you love your kids. To me, it's important. And number three, I think what you're preaching is true. So I decided to stay in this church, and I become a Christian because I saw your family. So now let me tell you this. I, I'm not a perfect man. We don't have the perfect Mary, right? But we serve the Lord. I love my wife. I don't love another woman. I'm not interested in other women. I have three kids. I love my kids. They love me. We are trying to do the best for the Lord. And this guy saw that. He, he saw that in my life. This man was looking for some somebody to live the truth. It's a challenge. I, I know a lot of you are living according to God's word. I know. It is important. The people outside is looking for somebody who is living according to the truth. So, 
We need to live according to the truth. We need to know the truth. Number three, we have to share the truth. It's not just for you. This is not the time to be quiet outside. This is not the time. Now is the time to be outside and saying, the Lord is your Savior. He died on the cross for you, and he wants to change your life. The way you're living your life, it is wrong. That's happened to me too. But now the Lord wants to save you, and he wants to change your life. That is the truth. We need to share the truth. And number four, we have to defend the truth. How many churches are preaching lies outside? How many churches? I'm so glad every Sunday morning in this church, somebody preached the truth. You have a privilege to hear the truth every Sunday morning here. And not only this church, there are other churches too. But the Lord is still working in people's lives. The Lord is still using people to communicate the truth. 